Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Kevin, and this is No Longer Ashamed. We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone. Our logo is a salamander, and the reason is a fire salamander can survive a fire, and you have survived a fire. We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope. We are all survivors together, and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone. By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share your stories as well and find your voice. Because stories are so important, and for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story. But when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom. And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. Well, you've been interested in talking about personal growth, and I'm curious about how you mean that in reference to just survivors or just in general. Actually, in general, I think it's important for everybody, but I was thinking about how my personal growth journey started very early because as a child, I was forced to read my Bible and journal every day. Yeah. Wow. Every day. And of course, really? I wasn't happy about it, but it created a habit. And when I look back in my life, because I journaled every day, I had a place to vent. Mm. And I may not have been saying what was happening, but it gave me a place to write and to get things out of my head. And so also we did the bookmobile all summer. And so mm. we would read a lot of books. And so one of the first books I remember self-help was how to win friends and influence people. Oh yeah. And I remember that having such an impact on my life. And then through high school, there was a, a few books. I can't remember the names, but then in college, you know, we started reading and we read Who Moved My Cheese, which really impacted my life. And then from there, things like Think and Grow Rich, which is all about mindset. And mm -hmm. so as time went on, I was really committed to reading at least one, for lack of better, self-help book a month. And I was thinking about how, why is this important? And what I realized was when we are abused, we are told who we are. So we, it affects our identity. Mm -hmm. So, so we move through life with this identity that was given to us and there's nothing to challenge or change that. But when we are reading, learning, and growing, we're able to look at that. So going to counseling helps, but maybe if you don't know that you need counseling, because you don't really know you've had this story, but you are trying to do self-growth. So what I think about it, it's like with our identity, it's like a thermostat. And so our identity is set. And so whenever good things try to happen or better life tries to happen, our thermostat goes, oh, no, 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 no. This is where I'm comfortable. But if we are working on self-growth, then we are able to shift that thermostat level because we can look at ourselves a little different. And for instance, we've talked about this when we're kids, we think everything's our fault. So then we become adults and we think back to the abuse, but we're still we think we're adults. So we're like, we should have beat them up or we, we think on an adult level. Yeah. But when we are learning either by counseling or by reading, then we have some other input that can help reset that identity that can help recognize, wait a minute, you were a child. Uh, there was a book I read called Parenting Yourself. Mm -hmm. And so 
The reason I think self-growth is so important is because it's really easy to say, this is the way I am Mm -hmm. and stay there. And even if we maybe get counseling, we can just still say, well, this is the way I am. I act this way. I do this thing. And it, it sets a precedence. And I believe we were created to always grow and learn and be better. And I feel like it's really easy to be stuck in. And I've heard so many people go, well, that's the way I am. And when we do that, if we are alone and live alone and don't have contact with our family, fine. But if you work, if you live with anyone, if you're married, if you have contact with anyone, then you're affecting them too. And your choice to stay where you are, if your identity was created out of abuse, then it's not going to be a good self-identity. So self-loathing and anybody who's around people with self-loathing, they're not fun to be around. And so it's just really made me think about, I always resented that I had to do this journaling Uh and reading, but when I look back, I'm really grateful. I think maybe that was a gift that was given to me that has helped me maybe get to where I am rather than be stuck because we know people get stuck. Yeah. I like what you said about the thermostat. We set our expectation level at a certain point, you know, and we're we're limiting ourselves to that level because of what we were taught. And because of that, we won't get beyond that. If we go below that, we expect that because we realize, you know, we, we feel like we're we don't deserve anything more than that. So when we go below that, it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm just a loser, but we don't go above that point. And that's where self-growth starts is to push that needle a little higher and to have higher expectations of ourselves. I completely get this because I know when this started happening for me, I mean, I had the same thing and I, I could see when I started moving that needle and moving that needle and how that changed my life because I did have such low expectations of myself. They were like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I, I felt like I would never get any better, that I would never be able to do anything. And, and because of that, I just didn't. But then when I started working on what my issues were, why I wasn't able to do things in a normal way, that's when I started moving that needle, saying, well, I am good at things. I can do certain things. And I started learning that and having higher expectations. It really ties into what we did last week with our language about ourselves. But it also, I think, is what is critical is actually proving to ourselves that we we are good at things by doing things that we want to do and having the confidence and to keep doing them even if we're not great at them at first. You have to realize no one starts at great. Everyone starts at lousy and gradually gets to great. And you get there by working. So uh-huh. this is very similar to what we were talking about last week with our language. But this is actually the action, the deeds, the things we do. And enabling ourselves to take risks to do things maybe that we haven't done or that do them in a, you know, try and advance in the things we're doing. For me, it all comes down to biking sometimes. I mean, my confidence has grown enormously through my, the gains I've had with being a good biker. And it sounds very shallow, but in a way, by being able to do the kind of bike riding that I really love 
and is really challenging and being able to grow every year. I've been doing it for years, but every year I do it, you know, more in different things. And to have that growth in my life has enabled me to have the confidence that I am able to push that needle and push more and do more things. Yeah. Well, and for me, it's swimming. If I, you know, I swim almost every day and I'll tell you, it's hard for me to dive in. Every day is really a challenge because it's cold and I don't like to be cold, but, <laughs> I, you know, really hard for me to do that every day. What I recognize is on the weekends or when I have like I'll go on a trip and I'm not swimming, I recognize, oh my goodness, I wouldn't be able to go up all these stairs. You know, it's like, I love swimming. But it, there is that hard element to it. And so with same with, you know, taking time every day to listen, you know, people, my clients say to me all the time, I don't read, I don't want to read, I can't read, I can't concentrate. Well, you know what, there's books on tape. And Dr. Caroline Leaf says, if we keep our brains engaged, we're not going to get Alzheimer's and we're not going to be those forgetful old people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we learn, we, you know, some people get older and they think it's too late to learn. But when we, uh, we spend a lot of time avoiding. So if we are in avoidance and not facing our story because we haven't got help or whatever, that's one thing. But once we have started to face our story, sitting down for a few minutes and journaling and reading and listening to a self-help book might feel like school. But I'll tell you, when I look at my mindset, it's not going to change on its own. And, <laughs> you know, we, we have so many stories we tell ourselves that is not true. So for me, at work, when I get passed up for maybe when I apply for that morning shift and I don't get it, what is my self-talk? Oh man, you're so bad, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not the truth. The truth is there are very few morning shifts and a lot of people trying for them. And if I use that self-talk to beat myself up, to take that thermostat, push myself back to my comfort level of being a loser, mm -hmm. who does that serve? It doesn't serve anybody. But yeah. when I do the work, every day. And I take that time to read. I take that time to connect, you know, maybe not everybody is a Christian, but connect with your source because how are we supposed to know what he wants from us when we're not even taking a minute to hear, to listen, to read. We don't read the Bible for God. <laughs> we yeah. read it for ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. before this, you and I had a little conversation about the Bible, you know, and how do you know that you don't know these deeper things unless you read them? Yeah. And, and are absorbing. And I like what you said about audiobooks, because I know for some people, we all learn in different manners. And depending on, you know, what suits us, what helps us, some people do good with audiobooks, some people do good with reading, some people do good with writing, it's good to try them all. Mm -hmm. And different sources. But the, I think what's important is to be open to moving a little past your comfort every day in something, um, yeah. trying something, doing something maybe, and not like doing anything dangerous, <laughs> although. Like you, biking. Like, <laughs> I tried that a lot and I liked it <laughs> in a lot of ways, but just try to find different ways of learning or growing. And because, stepping out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And that's how we move the needle a little every time right. is to push it up there and, and realize we can do more than we expect sometimes. I'm reading a book called The Power of One More. 
It's like mm. when you're done, swim one more lap. When oh. you're, you know, when you're done meditating, meditate one more minute. When you're, if you're in sales, make that, make one more call. And I, I love it so much because I don't want to be complacent. And so last week I read, I try to read a book a week, Jim Quick. He's a brain expert because he, they told him he was brain damaged and he would never learn because he had a, something happen when he was a kid and he hit his head and he teaches, he says, we didn't learn how to learn in school. And so that's why a lot of people don't want to read or don't want to because they feel like they're dumb or they can't learn. So he talked about how to memorize. And so he gave us this way to memorize. And I, I wanted to do this reel and I wanted to say this thing, but I didn't want to read it. I wanted to remember it. So, so I did his method of memorizing and, and it was so crazy and it worked. But the, the thing I wanted to say was seemingly harmless jokes can cause this is the part I didn't memorize. So how I remembered it was seam, like a seam on your shirt, arm, mm. seemingly harmless joke. But what happens is when we are self-deprecating, you know, people laugh, we think it's funny, but when we continue to do that, it causes huge destruction to mm. ourself and our self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And what he says is quit with the self-deprecating humor. It's not serving anybody. And maybe it makes people laugh, but in the long run, that's what destruction in the long run, it is so um, hurtful to ourselves and our self-esteem because we just think if we, if I say I'm done before anybody notices, then I win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than finding a way to, doesn't mean we go around saying, I'm wonderful. I'm right. But when we are constantly focusing on what we're not and the lack, then that's what we latch onto. And, you know, our brain looks for what we want and it thinks we want what we say. So if we say I trip all the time, then it thinks we want that because it doesn't think, oh, tripping is bad. I want to protect them. No, it thinks you, that's what you're thinking. That's what you're doing. So that's what it looks for, for you. So if you're constantly self-deprecating, then your brain looks for that for you. Oh, I'm going to find another place for you to make an idiot of yourself. Oh, I'm good. Because that's the way the brain works. It's like you, you know, our brain, if we, like we talked about last week, when you got your mini, all of a sudden you saw minis everywhere. Does that mean there's more minis around? No, it's just that your brain now is engaged because it recognizes, oh, that's what he likes. Yeah. the brain. And so it's looking for it for you. Yeah. It, It just does what the mind is telling it to in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And when your mind is telling it all these tapes that you were taught, and that's right. where self-growth comes in is is believing in yourself that you mm-hmm. can actually do something that you haven't tried or do something, you know, work at something more or, you know, mm-hmm. get better at something rather than just saying, oh, I tried that and I was lousy. I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving up. Well, you you mastered it. You said when you first start, you're going to be crappy. Every master of anything started badly. And if yeah. we could give ourselves that grace and go, okay, like when I decided I was going to try meditating and just being quiet, I set the timer for one minute. It was excruciating. <laughs> and I kept thinking. And, you know, the whole idea of meditating isn't to clear your mind, but it's just to not be, you know. Yeah. And so I just found a word. For me, it was gratitude. I just said, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, it's like it felt ridiculous. But now I can go 15 minutes and just mm-hmm. be quiet. Do I hear God talking? No, but I will tell you in those 15 minutes every day, almost every day, I get a great idea for something. Mm-hmm. 
Because when we take time for ourselves, I think part of the problem of, of uh, bad self-identity is self-loathing. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about this. So self-loathing, you can't take time for yourself because you're so not worth it. So when you start taking time for yourself, it's almost like it starts that subtle reverse. So we're going to yeah. be bad at it and we're not going to think we deserve it, but we're going to do it. And all of a sudden you're going to be craving it and go, hey, that's my 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Nobody's taken that away from me. <laughs> yeah, we uh, teach ourselves how to do- we, we teach ourselves how to take care of ourselves. And it's a learning process because we've been so good at just coping how to get through. And now we have to look at how to take care of ourselves and do things that actually enrich us, enrich our lives, give us more meaning and, and trust that we have a purpose, that we have meaning. For me, that didn't exist before. I, I didn't think I had a purpose or had meaning. And to trust that we do and to show that we do, you know, in the things we do. And it's hard at first because of what we've been taught. But once you get good at little things and you show that, oh, wow, I can actually be capable in some ways, then you can try other things and try the things that you've always been afraid to do, even though you wanted to do them. You're just afraid to do them because you think you're going to screw up because you think you're a screw up. Mm -hmm. So it's how you turn that voice around, not only using the mind to change the brain, but using the mind to do the things that convince us that we really are capable. Right. Because it takes thought, but then it takes action. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, I, I know people have said, well, you know, I could never do that. And it's like, when you think about it, we do it in reverse all the time with our negative thoughts. So all it is, is reversing something we're already doing. We've already proved it works, but we're making it happen in the reverse way. And so when we start to change that and change our mantras and start even like I I picked up a mantra a year ago, everything is always working out for me. Now that might sound really like cheesy, but then I look for evidence. So every time something works out, every time, like maybe I, um, maybe somebody cancels on me, but because they canceled, I got to see somebody else. Or, you know, every time something like that happens, I go, see, everything's always working out because we're retraining our brain. Yeah. And it really can convince you. And that's the hard part is being convinced. (laughs) But the actions I think are what convinces. I really like how we talked about the mind changes the brain, but I think there does need to be action involved as well to show, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I guess I could, I could stand on that pool deck and say, I'm going to dive. I'm going to dive. You can do it. But until I do it, uh huh. Right. There's not that connection. And then every day I'm like, I did it yesterday. I can do it today. And I love to swim, but it's just the getting in. And you probably do that with biking. And, you know, the thing is, is that then we start to feel so good. Oh, I did it. Right. And then that starts to build our confidence. And so part of it is just taking those first baby steps. Don't say, I'm going to read a book every day. Say, I'm going to get a book. I'm going to get it on tape. I mean, some, some good book, one of a really good book right now is Soundtracks by John Acuff. That's really good. Things about or anything by Dr. Caroline Leaf, only she's a little hard to read because she's very scientific, you know? Yeah. Um, But you can listen on tape or you can listen to a podcast, but, you know, make a plan 15 minutes every day. I mean, you can do it while you're brushing your teeth. If, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> or you can sit and take a minute, read, you know, if you're a Bible reader, read your Bible and read a book yeah. and take one minute of quiet and just suffer through that minute every day for a week. And then every day for two weeks. And pretty soon you're going to be like, I think I can do two minutes. We start slow and it doesn't mean that it's fun and we love it. It means we know it's good for our brain. It's almost like when we decide to eat better and we know, okay, I can have a salad with this meal or I could just have cake. Uh It's the difference with a kid. They just want cake. But as an adult, we go, okay, if I eat the salad, it's going to be better fuel for my body. Yeah, The cake will be nice and fun. But if I'm going to be jogging or, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden it starts to change the way we think about things. And maybe we start to choose better things all the way around. Yeah. And they're little steps at first, but you have to give yourself credit for taking those little steps. Yes. And even if they're not as big as you wanted them to be, just keep, they add on, they keep adding on and taking those little steps help develop into bigger steps, but you have to take the little steps. And even if you don't always take them, when you give yourself credit for the ones you do, try to just keep building on that rather than looking negatively at all the times you should have done or you should have. No, just look at the times you do it and think, yeah, I did this. I'm going to try and do it again. And maybe next time I'll do a little more. And maybe next time I'll do a little more. And just it's a gradual buildup. Right. And if you miss a day, you miss a day because tomorrow's a new day. But like when I started swimming again, I couldn't just start swimming, you know, an hour every day for a week. I had to start small. I started a couple days a week, 20 minutes. You know, yeah. now I'm up to about 45 minutes a day, five days a week. But you start small. And the thing is, is if nothing changes, nothing changes. So, so often a couple of things happen. People are waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. But we have to take the step, like we have to dive, we have to get on the bike. But also, you know, I I know people that know that they need to work on their health, or they know that they're struggling with some mental health issues, and they pray, oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, but they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, God can do. I work with recovering addicts. I, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. She's starting this amazing ministry. She was ready to jump off the Aurora Bridge. A policeman got to her. Mm. She was done with life. So, you know, God can bring somebody if you're just sitting there. But if you have the capacity to actually take one step, do one thing, eat one more carrot rather than I'm going to give up all sugar and do that one little thing, then those little things build. And then they give us the confidence and the courage to do the next thing. But if we just sit and say, oh, you know, God help me, God help me. He can (laughs) and he has. But you're going to get quicker results if you choose to stand up, take a step, do one thing. It is a matter of what's our choices and whether we choose to actually try and have personal growth because mm-hmm. it is a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of people, millions of people don't do anything about personal growth. They just live their life and do their thing. And that's okay because we all have that free will. But when we come from abuse and we choose to learn and grow and become better people and use that which was harmed against us to help others, we are going to have a much better life. Well, and we can help someone else to get out of their rut. 
Mm-hmm. To get out of, you know, to learn that it is possible to have personal yeah. growth, even if you've had trauma and chaos and all kinds of nightmares in your life, you can still learn to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But... it's never, never too late. And, you know, I think what really makes me passionate about this is being a single woman and I see couples and maybe one of them has a real health issue and they won't do anything about it. They just, for whatever reason, because they don't have to. And so the other person, it affects their partner. And usually the partner loves them so much, it's okay. But as an observer, when I see a couple and I see that there's something one of them can do to help themselves and they don't, I don't understand that. And because probably ideally, I think, oh, if I had a partner, I would take care of myself. Well, I already do take care of myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I eat healthy. I, I exercise. I am doing all those things to make me the better person, not for somebody else, but for myself. Yeah. But when I see, and you know, you and I, we've interviewed people that they know that their partner is hurting, but they're not willing to go to counseling because they tried it once and it didn't work. It's like, then try it again, then try it a third time. I mean, I, my sister, got a counselor that stayed with her her whole life until just recently and retired. Every counselor I got moved left or wasn't a good counselor. And I easily could have said, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, I'm not going to work on myself. But I had three little kids depending on me to be a better person. Yeah. Not to be a victim, not to live in that victim role. I have compassion for people that are suffering, but I also, I've been on the other side and I know if they get counseling, if they work on personal growth, if they take time every day specifically to connect with God, their life is going to be different. Yeah. If they take time specifically to deal with what they know is affecting them. Mm -hmm. But that takes, like we were talking last week, it takes a commitment. It takes mm -hmm. effort that we've yeah. been able to avoid. The easy way out is to just cave and say that I'm never going to change. Yeah. Or I'm fine. Yeah. Or I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just going to stay in my rut and be happy. I'm doing a Stephen Covey training. It's Franklin Covey, The Seven Habits, but his son has carried on his organization. And the first thing they have you do is reach out to five people. You ask them to send in kind of an evaluation of you, and then they take that, and then they say what you need to work on. So it's anonymous. But, you know, if you think about it, you might be like, I'm fine. But what if you ask five people that love you, hey, is there something that you would like uh, to see me work on chances are and if they really love you they might say well yeah you know yeah i'd like to see you drink more water or exercise or whatever yeah. but it's like that's taking the higher road and why do we do it we do it for ourselves, yes but we also do it for other people it's christmas we've all heard of scrooge And we yeah. all know that person that hates everyone and everything and is not willing to even the grandpa that's not willing to ever read a book or, you know, still can't quite understand racism or it's like, I don't want to be that person. I don't want my grandkids to go, well, grandma will never change. Yeah. The person that won't grow. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't diminish what happened right? It's just saying that we take what has happened to us and we become better people. And we see people do it all the time. Several of the books I read early on were of POWs that had been in for years for different wars. 
and then they get freed. And how do they live? And then recently, you know, we've got Brittany Grainer, who was just released. We have Adnan Saeed. I don't know if you know his story, but mm-hmm. he was falsely accused in prison for 20 years. Yeah. He's going to do something with his life. He's not going to sit there and just go, well, I'm out and I feel sorry for myself and never should have happened. No, he's going to go, you know what? I got out and I know there's other people in prison that have been falsely accused and I'm going to, I'm going to get on it. Yeah. So there's always room for growth. We always have the ability to grow. When I see these people that just are like, yeah, no, I tried that. This gal I was telling you about who was going to jump off the bridge and now she's clean and sober and got her kids back and is starting this amazing ministry. She has said to people, you know, that God can change their life. And they go, yeah, but look at you. You're doing all the work because she's gone to school and she's, you know, she's just created this incredible life. And she goes, I don't know what to say to him. And I said, say, yeah, I did the work. God stepped in, opened my eyes, and then I took steps. Yeah, you know, God she didn't just her sit there. The, the reason to do it, I think, is one of the things that happened. Yeah. And we don't need to be afraid of work. Like, why are we so afraid of, oh, it's hard work. Oh, I have to read. So one of the things is we, we can always say, well, I need to. And people, my clients say all the time, well, I need to read a book or I need. No, you don't need to. You do not need to do any of that. Because you won't. But if you you want to, and if you recognize that it's a privilege and you say, well, I want to do this in my life, then you might take those baby steps to start doing the first thing to read a book, to connect with God on a daily basis, set your timer every day, whatever. But when you need to, when you're like, oh, I need to, you're not gonna. That's human nature. Yeah. You're saying it's something I am not able to do. You're, You're stating a lack. When you say, I need to do something, it's something that you you almost admit that you're not able to when you say, I need to. But when you say you want to, or even I'm going to, and I'm going to try to do this, and I'll do it a little bit each day. And And if you're doing it, you're not trying. You're actually doing it. I have clients all the time saying, well, I'm trying. No, you're not. You're doing And, you know, giving ourselves credit for taking those baby steps because that's what changes our life. And believe it or not, people are watching us. And when they see us do it and they say, see us make those steps, then they go, maybe, maybe I can too. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. They can do it. They, They started. And why is it important? It's important because without growing, without developing, without having a purpose, we're just doing time. We need to have a purpose in our life. We need to show that we have meaning. And Mm -hmm. it starts, even if it's a little thing at a time, it gives, it adds on to the purpose or meaning. Maybe just what we do is just for ourselves, but we're showing that we're capable of doing it. You know, we write this journal every day, but we don't ever show it to anyone. And, And half the time it's just scribbles kind of. But by doing it every day, we get a little better. We get a little focused. We learn how to grow our voice. We mm-hmm. ride our bike every every week, a couple times a week, and then a couple more times a week, and we get better at it. And then we show that, hey, I, I'm actually getting good at this. And that gives us the confidence to do other things. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people don't understand their purpose, or they think maybe they don't have one. But when you start to do personal growth, then it starts to change. It actually changes how you think. And maybe you might go volunteer 
Like mm-hmm. that's what I did. I started volunteering. And suddenly when you volunteer, people ask you to do things and you go, oh, wow, I guess I'm good at that. And you do start to find purpose and purpose can be one big purpose or it can change throughout your life. But when we start giving back and volunteering, it is a two-way street. And yeah. during the holidays, I always tell people if they're feeling blue, go make cookies and give them to someone. Go do something for, get out of your head and your space. And then also always 988. That's the new hotline. That's the new suicide hotline is 988. If you need to call, you know, if you're really struggling, but we have this amazing brain. I don't even think we understand how incredible it is. And also we have this opportunity to have a life bigger than we ever imagined. Yeah. We, we don't learn. we can't even imagine that we could imagine. <laughs> we can learn things without thinking we're able to. We can learn about things that I know for me in church when they asked me to help in in the nursery and then in Sunday school. I've never had kids, never, you know, had been around nieces or nephews when they were young, never babysat, never did any of that. <laughs> so I thought, this is ridiculous. You're asking me to teach kids Sunday school, but I love it. And I loved doing it. I learned that I could do it. I learned that it's something I could learn how to do and enjoy doing. And by doing that, I learned, wow, maybe I'm not limited. Maybe I do have things I can do that I'm not even aware of. And I like them. And then I learned, yeah, that's true. I am good at some things that I didn't even know. And that gives you confidence to try other things. But it also, I learned by helping out with Sunday school and stuff. I gained so much by knowing those kids. I learned so much about their lives, become real close with a lot of those kids. And it's really changed my life in ways I never expected by even doing it. And I think that's one of the things about, like you said, volunteering, stretching our boundaries in ways that we we were not comfortable with. I wasn't comfortable with it at first. I was scared of being in Sunday school and what I was going to do. And I was freaked out, but it became fun and it still is fun. So Mm -hmm. it's exciting to push yourself in ways that are scary, that aren't harmful, but scary in like, uh, I'm going to blow this and then find Mm -hmm. out, well, maybe not. Yeah. I mean, whatever, like people have dreams, they have thoughts, they have things like, I'd love to I'd love to own a horse. Well, you think, oh, I live in the city. I can't own a horse. So you just think no. But the truth is that you can go visit a horse. You could go work at a a barn once a week and volunteer with the HOPE programs. One of my favorite coaching stories is from one of the original coaches. Suddenly, I'm not going to be able to think of her name. Uh, (laughs) But she had a lady coming in every week. She was just hated her life, hated her job. She was a waitress and she wanted to do something different. And every week the coach would say, say, well, what do you love? Uh, Because it wasn't that she didn't love anything. Anything she loved, she never saw as a possibility. So why would she even put it out there? So finally, after the third time, the coach said, put your checkbook away. And I've never not been able to help anyone. So the woman put her checkbook away, stood up, starts walking out the door and a book falls out of her coat. And the coach says, uh, what are you reading? She goes, oh, it's a book about apes. Everybody wants to work with apes. She goes, get your checkbook out and get back in here. And this woman loved apes. Well, what happened was right in their town, somewhere in California, there was uh, some rescue apes that lived in a house that they had been rehabbing and she got to go and be with them. And then in a few years, she got to go with them back to the wild. 
<laughs> now, can you imagine? She could not make that connection of this could be something I could do because she was either thinking too logically or had didn't think big enough of herself. But that's the thing is we all have this one thing that what if we could and we just go no. Yeah. And whatever that negative force in this world is doesn't want us to be happy and have have our dreams come true. So that voice screams in our head. And so if we are willing to explore and look at things that we think, oh my God, I mean, when I wanted to be in radio, I whispered. I just thought people would make fun of me. Well, I want to be on the radio. But- Mm -hmm. I was doing self-growth at an early age in spite of all the abuse. And I had whatever it took to at least try, to at least go to school, to at least take those steps, Mm. you know? And now I'm so happy. I mean, I am on the number one station actually in the nation. Yeah. (laughs) I love my job. And it's not because I'm such a great person. It's because I was willing to try and to stretch and to keep trying and to keep applying and keep asking. When I looked at the job description for the job I'm in now, I I canceled myself out. I didn't Uh know half of what it was asking me for. And yet it was a job I was already doing through a different company. And people do this all the time and they go, oh, well, I can't fit that job description. But you know what? I went to the boss and I asked and she hired me. Uh Even though I couldn't do all those things on her list because she made this huge big list of things she wanted this new person to do, even though I was stepping into a role that I was already doing. So we cancel ourselves out. We That voice in our head is meaner than any person will ever be. Yeah. It doesn't give us the credit that we need. And that's where that little steps come in. Mm -hmm. And every little step we take gives us a little more credibility. And, And then we take bigger steps. So... Well, when you think about babies learning to walk, you know, we're like, okay, they fall down and we're like, oh, yeah, you fell down. Oh, you took one step, you know? And then suddenly we think, oh, we have to, everything we do, we have to run. We have to, it's just like if we could give ourselves the amount of grace that we would give somebody else, yeah. we we would really win. And that's what I want. I want people who are suffering to be able to see that there is, I heard a quote the other day, I can't remember who it's by, but on the other side of fear mm-hmm. is freedom. Yeah. Face that fear. Do the thing you're afraid of. And like you say, we're not talking about dangerous. You know, for some people making a phone call or reaching out or they work in sales and they've got to get their quota. Do that thing. Face that fear. And on the other side of that, you have freedom. Yeah. So that's a lot to take in. But I think what I <laughs> what I what I really came into this hoping is that people would see the importance of daily, if it's five minutes of connecting with God, praying, and then reading a, a book, even if you just read once a month or one book a month, but 15 minutes a day, listen to audiobook, your life, I mean, your life will change. Your eyes will be open to things you never knew before. And we are so capable of learning and growing no matter how old we are. And um, I mean, I I learned a new memorization technique (laughs) and I love it. In fact, it it actually, the way he taught it and had us memorize, it's the, you know, that chart that you have to memorize as a kid of the elements. Oh yeah. H2O. And I can, I can say the first 10 almost because the way he connected it in a story at my age, I learned this in a Mm. short five minute of listening to Jim Quick's book. So, I mean, you know, we, we can learn, we can grow and we can have that life we always wanted or with the life we didn't even know that we always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. We could learn more about ourselves. So just spend a little time doing the things that make you feel like you're stretching a little and and the way that you want to grow. 
Be brave. Be brave. You, you've already been so brave. And right? you don't have to be great at it at first. No. You just need to try and keep trying and keep at it. And yeah. that's what matters is just keeping at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're really competitive, that might be a little harder, but you'll find your place. But just start. Take the step. Do the thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for today. We are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us. If not, we believe in you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message. Father, thank you so much for, in my life, what I thought was terrible, (laughs) having to read my Bible and journal every day. I thank you for that outlet because I know that it gave me a place to get things out of my head and onto paper. And maybe it's what helped me survive through the really difficult times. But Lord, thank you so much that every single one of us has a purpose. There's nobody here that does not have a purpose. And Lord, that you are such a good, loving God that you will help us find it. And you will help us begin to uh, see what it is, help others and, and live into the life that we were created for, Lord. And I thank you that that is still a possibility, no matter what, no matter our age, no matter uh, whatever has happened, Lord, that we can still step in that direction and that there is still always hope. And I'm so grateful. And I just um, ask that that whoever feels that challenge, that they will just take five minutes every single day to connect with you and see if, if things aren't different in their life. In your son's name. Father, I thank you for all your blessings. And I pray that we would realize your blessing in our life. Because I believe that until we realize how much you've blessed us, yeah, we won't realize how much we matter and how much we matter to you. And I pray that we would just realize that we have zero boundaries. We can grow in ways that we aren't even aware of. And you have given us the ability to grow and have hope and have courage. And I pray you would give us the courage to grow in you and grow in the purpose you have given us and to grow in ways that scare us, but also encourage us. Lord, I just pray that you would give those who are listening the courage to take steps that are that have felt impossible before, but just take those steps that we want to grow in, that we want to help others in, that we want to show that we do have a reason to be here and that we are capable of doing amazing things when we try. I just pray that you would help those who are having a hard time struggling with issues. Pray that you would help them to find comfort and find peace in you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.